Hi everyone, this is Maria Skobe-Pile, and you're listening to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. If you want to learn more about customer success, get career advice and be inspired, you're in the right place. So let's tune in. Welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success podcast. I am Maria, your host, and it is such a pleasure to welcome Jennifer Roderick, Executive Customer Success Leader. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Jennifer, let's start with some rapid fire questions. Firstly, for our global audience, would you like to tell us where are you based at the moment? Absolutely. I am in the United States, based on the Northeast in New Hampshire. Ooh, that is beautiful. Where we're just experiencing some fall. Our leaves are changing. It's beautiful. Oh, I can imagine the golden colors. Oh, lovely. Jennifer, are you an introvert or extrovert? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'm a little of both, which sometimes I guess feels like like a little bit of a, a cop-out, but that's not what I mean. I would say... I appreciate my downtime. I appreciate time to myself to think and reflect and do those types of things. So sometimes, you know, the pace when it's too much, I do like to be a little more recluse into myself or into my family. But I would say at work, I'm more of an extrovert. I enjoy people. I enjoy being around people. I enjoy communicating and collaborating and doing those types of things. So I think in that sense, I'm a little of both. That's a very wise answer. (laughs) Jennifer, would 16-year-old you be surprised to find you in this career? I don't think 16-year-old me would be surprised that I'm in a customer success role. I was always the kid on the playground, my mom would tell you if you asked her. I was the person who always stood up for the kid maybe who was being picked on or didn't have friends. I was the person that always did that outreach and stood up for them type of person. I think my 16-year-old self would be surprised I was in technology Hmm. and doing that in a corporate world. I think they would be surprised to see the confidence that that has brought to me. But I don't think they'd be surprised that I was in a customer success and, and kind of helping role, for sure. And that you're advocating continuously for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, This is, this is really a nice trait. So Jennifer, tell us more about your career. Okay. We just mentioned a little bit what were you doing as as a 16-year-old self, but how did you come into customer success world? It's a fun journey. (laughs) Probably not typical, but I went to school to be a teacher and then moved on straight to my master's degree and went to school and, and studied human services and counseling. Thought I would tie all that together into some sort of an educational long-term career That didn't happen for a lot of reasons. There were not a lot of teaching jobs when I got out of school. I put myself through grad school by working at a university. And while I was there, had the unfortunate experience, although career-changing experience, of a young person in my sphere taking his own life. And that was a really hard experience. Mm -hmm. And what that did was it motivated me to go out and become a prevention, a suicide prevention volunteer. 
and that brought me into actually running the agency. I became the executive director of a nonprofit for suicide prevention and did that for many years, revamping their education program, revamping their recruitment program. And at the time, I guess I wouldn't have expected that all those things were bringing me skills that were I was going to use as a CS leader, but they certainly have. Problem solving, risk, calmness in a crisis, as well as really putting together program and thinking through structure and organization and all of those types of things were pretty foundational to that role. I then became a social worker where I worked with at-risk teens for many years. Again, that really helped to broaden my own personal experience in terms of diversity and adversity in the world. I didn't get to see a lot of that in my life. And so really had the opportunity to expand my horizon and my experience there. And I think foundationally that really has made me who I am today as a leader, as a CS person, and really looking at how do you take a challenge and find a success within those types of things? How do you take the challenge and break it down to understand how to move it forward, right? And how do you acknowledge it? How do you sit in it for a second? Sometimes that's really what you need to do. And so I think all of those early on steps in my career really helped shape who I am as a CS leader. And then when I decided to have my own family, I needed a little bit of break from some of the emotional stuff that those roles brought. And I had a friend who said to me, hey, come work over here at this company. And it was a technology company. And I was a little afraid, if I'm being honest, (laughs) to go and do it. But I did. And within weeks, they were like, okay, we need you over here in this customer success thing. And I haven't looked back. And so that's really helped to shape really how my career has gone. And it's just, I've been in tech ever since. Wow. What what a journey. I'm a bit surprised, like in the most positive way, simply because I don't think that I have met somebody yet within customer success circles who has such a strong social background. I mean, suicide prevention, like crisis management, it can't get any worse in a way of bringing you negotiation skills in life that you need to have as a leader, as a person who works with customer, you have to negotiate constantly. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing this story. You mentioned a few times now, this is what made me who I am as a leader. So how would you describe yourself as a leader, your, your leadership? What are those guiding principles or values that shine from you, shine from your leadership? The things that I value the most from leadership and as a leader is open communication and a sense of, you know, we don't come to work to have our emotional selves fulfilled, you know what I mean, in in, in that way. But I really do care about the people who work for me. I want to know about who they are as people and to make sure that those things that are important to them, right, in their careers, in their personal development are being nurtured. We all work very hard every day. We come in, there's a problem before us, there's 20 customers we're dealing with, there's a right, we're, we're dealing with a lot of things going on. It's really important that at the end of the day, the person walk away feeling fulfilled in some way by the role that they're in. So as a leader, that is something that's super important to me. I know the people on my team. I know them as humans. I know them as CS professionals. I know them outside of that so that I'm ensuring that I'm thinking through with them. What is their strategy of growth? As much as I would love every person on my team to stay forever because they're amazing, 
my job is also to make sure that they're growing their careers and they're thinking about what's next. I didn't stay at the same place my whole career. You didn't stay at your place, the same place your whole career, right? And so it's very important to be nurturing that and saying, how do I challenge you? How do I look at the things that are interesting to you and making sure you have exposure to that type of thing within your career path so that you can continue to grow or feel super fulfilled and stay in your career. So those are the things for me, I think are are the key ways that I try to approach working with my team. I really value that a lot because you're talking about, in a way, emotional investment that everybody are making for their work. Like we all spend hours and hours in a day working. A lot of time. And especially in customer success. And I know it's everywhere, but there is an emotional toll, right? So every time you speak with customers, with internal teams, like especially in situations that are not always great, like there is so much emotional investment that we all are doing to have those conversations in a proper manner, in a proper way and trying to find solutions. So just understanding that there is a leader who wants to make sure that people feel okay about it and that they feel fulfilled at the end of the day. I applaud you for that. I mean, not every leader is like that. And that is just so, so, so important. And I'm sure how people that always have been working for you could really appreciate it. You brought such an amazing point about a leader understanding where a person should grow and how to help them. Here's the question. Many times I'm hearing from, let's say, especially individual contributors, CSMs, how there is no career path within their company or they are not sure, you know, what is their next promotion because their manager didn't tell them yet, etc. And I always had a feeling, you know, as a manager, as a leader, you, you're helping them grow, but you can't always make sure that their wishes are fulfilled in the way of some promotions because very often it depends on the whole company and the whole ecosystem. So I wonder from your perspective, how do you make sure that those people are supported enough that they see that leaders care about them to make them grow even if potentially that career path is not even a customer success, even if it means that there is nothing for them anymore in that team or even in that company, they have outgrown the company. So how do you find kind of that balance of encouraging them to grow and giving them, again, some confidence almost that it is either in your company, but it's okay if it's outside as well? I think it starts with really having a plan with each individual on my team. And that sounds like a lot, but for me, whether I have directors who are working for me and, you know, we have a mission to say, do we know where this person's journey is today? What are they working on? What are they struggling on? Right? So you have to have a coaching plan for that person where they are today. So if you have a newer emerging employee, someone who's just, you know, either new to the team or new to CS, what do they need? What do they need to understand about the discipline, the process, the roles that we're going through? As they start to emerge and they become more confident in what they're doing or more senior, I mean, it's really sitting down and saying, where are your interests? What do you want to learn? You know, if you were to ask anybody in my team, there are a couple of key things that I always do with my team. One of which is for those folks whose feet are on the ground and they're ready and they're expressing interest in next steps is to do something that I call senior projects. And if you think back to being in school or college, university, you know, you probably had some project you had to do to, to move on to the next level. I do senior projects and I come up with something that's going to either impact the company or the team. 
So for example, you know, maybe we need to revamp a piece of content or a process, or we want to impact the life cycle of care that we're giving. And we really want to focus on one of the projects we did was a first 90 days of production project with my team. And I had the idea, but I didn't run that project. My team ran that project. I brought in some folks who were looking for a way to contribute back to the company and they did that and they executed it and they built out this most beautiful program. And, you know, we tried things and some things failed and they learned from that. But what I explained to them was, this is now a skill you get to put on your resume. It's a skill of a story you get to go tell. Once upon a time, I did this thing, right, that is going to impact the way you think about other stuff. So I'm really big in trying to find the challenge And if it's outside of CS, maybe somebody wants to think about going and being in sales, or perhaps I really want to be in customer marketing. How do we connect them to some project that's going on in the company to be that representative for our team? Really important to allow them to see outside for so many reasons, career challenge, all of that. But I also think it helps them come back and be better at their own job when they understand the ecosystem around them. So those kinds of things, that senior project concept is really important to me. I just think it brings a challenge to folks that they don't always get. And I guess that goes back to the core of me being a teacher and (laughs) a mentor and those types of things, right? A coach, it goes back to me thinking through those things and the kinds of things that I like in my career from somebody who's supervising me. That is wonderful. So either you as a leader want to provide them with those projects or You know, if somebody is in a team where that doesn't happen naturally, I'm sure you would recommend them to ask for any of those types of projects. Just because if you're always doing your work only, business as usual, you're learning to a certain point. But unless you take those extra assignments and extra projects, you're not going to expand your current boundaries. And I think they become a churn risk, right? They do. (laughs) I mean, if we're trying to keep people challenged and growing internally and staying, then you do have to keep them challenged and thinking creatively. Absolutely. Jennifer, I know that you're also like an expert in coaching teams and coaching people for performance. When we speak about customer success, very often we speak about, you know, you as a CSM are the CEO of your book of business, right? You are there to manage your customer, to make them grow, etc. So what have you seen are some really good traits or skills of CSMs who really run their book of business as their own business and they manage to, you know, grow it. What are the tips? Love, love <laughs> this question. Uh, this is a great one. Anyone who's worked for me will tell you that my motto is be an expert in your book of business. And that doesn't mean, Maria, doesn't mean being a perfectionist, right? doesn't mean you're perfect in your book of business, but it does mean you're an expert in that. And I live by that. And when I was a CSM, I lived by that based on a lesson I learned really early on in my career. When I very first got into tech, I was working with a client and we were having all kinds of technical problems. I was the CSM. I was the face to the customer and I really didn't understand. I was was relatively new. I had only been in the role six months, but even still, I didn't necessarily have a good handle on what that customer did. So I didn't necessarily understand the impact of what was going on to that customer. And I had a very wise woman at that customer who said to me, you are so smart, learn our business. And I've never forgotten that in all the years of my career. And so 
I will often say to people on my team, my motto is be an expert in your book of business. And that means you own it as your own book. It reflects you. So when you have a churn, right, it reflects on you. Doesn't mean you've done something necessarily wrong. Sometimes churn is just churn. But let's look at that. When you have a success, it reflects on you. Celebrate it and those kinds of things. But I think what's really key for a CSM to know is if you have a book of business, know what those companies do. Know what problems your software, technology, whatever it is, is solving for that business. Why did they buy? Why are they still using? Where are the gaps in what we do as a company? What aren't they using? What Do they have those problems? Know those things. Know the people, right? Make relationships. Broaden your horizons and the relationships for those things and make sure that you're leading with value. And by that, I mean, have a plan. There's nothing worse than getting into a call and having somebody say, I don't really have an agenda for today. (laughs) No. But I'm so glad you got on the call with me for 45 minutes. (laughs) Let's talk about the weather, right? So know what we're working on together and have a documented plan for that. Have a CSP. That's super important to be able to say when we sit down, your time is valuable. My time is valuable. Let's make sure that we're driving. doesn't mean we don't ask how the weather is or how someone's children are, but that we have a plan forward so that we're continually marching towards the success for that client or addressing you know, the problems that come up right head on. I, I believe in stepping into a problem. If someone's having a challenge or whatever with us, step into it, ask questions, own it, move on those kinds of things. But I do believe being an expert in your book of business. And that also means collaborating internally with the other parts of that account team. It's super important that if you're working hand in hand with a salesperson who owns and and is working within that account, that you're in sync, that you sit down every week, every other week to sync up, to say, what are you working on? What am I working on? What did we learn last week together that we both need to know in order to continue to drive that success? They're very easy, fundamental things that we often tend to push to the side. And I think when you keep those basics at the core of who you are and the core of what you're doing, you're going to find that the rest of it falls into place much easier. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's a big one. That is a big one, but it is so important. I do believe only when you know your customers that then you are aware of what they're doing with other parts of your organization, right? Whom they're talking to, because you do want them to be multi-threaded as well as you want to be as a CSM multi-threaded in their organization. And unless you are working in such a close partnership with other teams, you will always have some gaps. And you as a CSM, being an expert means absolutely knowing everything that is going on with that customer. And going outside on, on Google perhaps understanding what are the news with that customers, like what are the activities they are involved with, just get to know them almost as a person, like what do they stand for and what is their mission? As I said, I couldn't agree more with you. And there are so many fundamentals here when it comes to customer success management. But then on another side, more and more we are seeing how, you know, when CS teams are sometimes seen as I'm not even going into the cost center, et cetera. But talking about the scale and so many companies trying to put huge books of businesses for customer success and trying to get them to like do things differently, to think outside the box, make it scale, digital, whatever else. How can somebody who has many dozens of accounts 
apply those same principles and still be expert in their customers, even without having lots of opportunities to speak on a regular basis with them. If somebody has, you know, a big book of business, they maybe mid-touch or even low-touch segments, however we want to describe. But how could they apply those same principles and still become experts in their book of business that if we are talking about, you know, 50 to 100 accounts and many CSMs are having those large book of businesses for small customers. So what would they do in their day-to-day work to become experts? I think it's a few things. When I look at the one-to-many, which seems, you know, is a big trend. So, and how we're acknowledging that. I think it's important for everyone to make sure that whatever system they're using, you know, some companies are still using spreadsheets to keep things organized or documents. Some people have great tools, you know, the gain sites, the trend zeros, whatever those things are. They have those tools at their fingertips. I think it's really important to still have a plan or a background, a documented background to say, these are my customers. This is why they bought and the purpose we're driving towards. So that even though you may not be talking to that customer all the time, you know that when you do what they're working on, so that you have a relevant conversation with them. I think that before you get on to any call, it's doing your own quick little internal health check. How's their adoption? Do I know? What's their ticket level at? Do I know? What's their health score at? Do I know? When was the last time we spoke? What do I know? Connect with, like, come prepared for that conversation versus being unprepared and saying, well, we haven't spoken in six months. So how's it going? Come with a little bit of insight. Come with a little bit of learning about them. And I think also come with a little bit of a mission of what you want to accomplish in that conversation, have an agenda. I think that's super key. I also think making sure that in those situations, you have other value touch points that you're doing with a client. You'll see this across the digital space. So, you know, what I'm about to say isn't rocket science. I'm not making it up, but it is very true that things like office hours or lunch and learns or the opportunity for them to put put them on your calendar, that ability to bring like customers with like use cases together to have a conversation with you so that you're driving value to them in some way without it necessarily being always a separate phone call in those scenarios. But I think that the key is you still have to know what they do. You have to do a little bit of education if you haven't talked to somebody in three months or six months or whatever that goal is, that you come prepared to that conversation so they feel the level of service and commitment to you, even though you don't have to talk to them all the time. I really like that. Yeah, show them them what you know about them, right? Let them understand that you care and that you know and always have a plan. Jennifer, what have been some of the maybe major career tips that you have learned in your life that you feel would be really useful for our audience? Well, first and foremost, if you don't know the answer, ask. (laughs) And don't be afraid to do that. It doesn't mean you're not good at your job, but sometimes, you know what? We're human and we don't know the answer to everything. So be really comfortable in that. I think be confident in who you are. Be who you are, right? Be your authentic self. Bring that to work. I think that is so important, especially for younger emerging career folks. I think sometimes they get caught in, I feel like I have to be this thing or this personality type, right? 
I really like a diverse workforce. I like people to have different ideas. I don't want to hire carbon copies of each other. I want a diverse thinking and I want them to put their ideas into that pool. And so share your ideas, challenge yourself when, when you don't know something, ask for that learning, especially if it's a career development thing for you, ask for those types of things. I think the best advice that someone once gave me was don't be afraid to be a confident woman <laughs> in corporate America. I think we're getting better at doing those things and having more female voices. We've made great strides in many places and I applaud that. And so I think women need to feel very confident in whoever they are, being who they are and feeling like their voice is valued because it is. You have to trust that it is. It is. I like that. You have to trust that it is. And, you know, perhaps that trust just comes with practice. It comes with time. But let's hope that it comes. Um, and that's why I also really, really like your tip about bringing your, yourself and everything, who you are, your background, your skills, your knowledge, like you are in your workplace for a reason. Never think that, you know, you have less of experience Even if you have, like, whatever you have, bring that to the table because that can serve your team and that can bring that different opinion, different perspective. And that is a big value in itself. Very big value, <laughs> for sure. Jennifer, thank you so much for this conversation. It was so lovely to hear all of the tips for growing your career and tips for just becoming an expert. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thanks for having me. I loved it. This is great and really appreciate all the work that you do for all of us in the field and in CS and for women. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Next week, new episode. Subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn so you're up to date with all the new episodes and the content I'm curating for you. Have a great day and talk to you soon.